Some years ago, long before I was ordained or anything like that, I was at a Good Friday service with a friend. And as we were walking out of the service, which is a very powerful service, I lost my microphone. Hello. Um, as I was walking out of the service, she mentioned, she said, I don't understand why he had to die. And I don't know that I necessarily have a good answer for that, but you know, this week, these last couple weeks as I've been mulling over the, this lesson and, and sort of the Lenten readings together, I think that's a good question. And I think because we're confronted with a Jesus who expresses again in this reading and several others that, that he has a choice and that, frankly, he would rather not do this. That we remember his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, if I can be delivered from this, Lord, please do so. And so I think it's important to ask ourselves why would Jesus make this choice? I mean, because I think one of the things is when we, when we read these stories, we feel that it's sort of foreordained and we don't really think about them as people living through an actual experience. I have a favorite set of books, um, the Civil War series by Shelby Foote, and I've read them. There's three really thick books, and I've read them all several times. And my wife always asks me, you know, why are you rereading it? And I always jokingly say, I really want to see if Grant can pull it off one more time. <laughs> and when we read the Bible, I think we kind of look at it that way, and we, but we don't think about what it was like to be there in that moment, to be those people, not knowing how it's going to turn out, not knowing for sure exactly what the results of their action are going to be. Now Jesus tells us that if we just have this faith of a mustard seed, we can do great things. Now compared to us, Jesus had the faith of like a redwood tree, right? Mighty and strong and proud. But Jesus is also fully human. This is one of the foundational understandings of who Jesus is in our Christian tradition, that Jesus is a person just like us, just like you and me. He is faced with the same temptations. He is faced with the same things to be afraid of. He is faced with the same biological necessities. He is a person just like us. And I'm pretty sure, and the judgment from scriptures suggests that he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to go to the cross. If he could find another way to accomplish his mission without having to do that, he would surely take it. And so as I've gone through and thought about these lessons and thought about why would Jesus make this choice, why would any of us make the choices that Jesus makes? Why would we choose faith? been kind of a downer of a week to be honest thinking about this but Jesus is holding on to something something very powerful and it's expressed in the prophet Jeremiah this morning where Jeremiah tells us after a many chapters of telling us all of the things we're doing wrong and now we're going to be punished Jeremiah tells us that surely the day is coming when the Lord will make a new covenant when all of the hurt and the pain of the world will be wiped away and we will live in a 
a new and different age. And because Jesus has that mighty faith, even though uh, it seems as though he does not want to go to the cross, he does because he trusts in God's promise. He trusts that what God holds and promises is true. And, you know, as I was kind of, you know, going through these readings this week and, and, and really sort of pondering what it was for Jesus to face this decision and how difficult and hard that is and how I struggle with even doing the small things that God asked me to do. And I was walking, I was here at church and I was walking from my office into the sanctuary and I looked over into the parish hall where the preschool is and the kids were having a party. They had music playing. And you know the adage that says that you should dance like nobody is watching? That's how kids dance. They don't care. They're carried away by the music and they're filled with joy and they just dance. And I think that that was, I think that, that was God sent for me to walk by and see that that day. Because in looking in and seeing them in their joy and boisterous dancing and their laughing, I think it was a foretaste of this age that God is promising us, this heavenly banquet, this, this heavenly life, this abundant life as Jesus calls it. That that, that is the promise that Jesus holds to us, that we can have faith like little children that we can dance and not care what other people see, that we don't have to be afraid of the things that somehow accumulate upon us as we grow up and grow old. And that children, and children can be, you know, selfish and difficult, don't get me wrong. But they aren't yet imbued with shame and fear and hate and all of the things that get in the way of us living like the people we were created to be. We were all created, created to be joyful and boisterous. And most importantly, we were all created to be unafraid of loving. That we were created to be creatures who love with our whole being, with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our strength. And what Jesus tells us over and over and over again is don't let anything get in the way of your loving one another. Not the law, not custom, not fear, not tradition, nothing. Nothing should stand in the way of your loving one another. In fact, he tells us this will be the hallmark, the way that people will know us as his followers that we will love one another. Because the thing that Jesus is at pains to remind us of is that every person we encounter, every individual with whom we interact, is an icon of God, created in God's image. And that we are called to see the whole world, every person we meet, everything that we encounter, as the beloved creation of God. <clears throat> And it is hard for us because something happens to us as we grow up and we grow old. We accumulate things to be afraid of, things to be ashamed about, 
people to judge not good enough or not worthy of our time and attention. We all do it. I do it. I find myself being judgmental all the time. Now, I could be particularly bad and all of you are really good, but I'm going to guess that somewhere in the middle there is where we mostly live. That we do fall short of being the people we were created to be. Those fears are real. And yet, because Jesus made the choice that Jesus made, because Jesus trusted so much in God that he went to Jerusalem, he suffered the scourging, he suffered the torture, he suffered the cross, the agony of that horrific death, slowly suffocating to death as his insides are dragged down by gravity. He did that knowing that if he was willing to make that choice, then we, the people that he knew and loved in this world, would have the opportunity to taste that abundant life. That we could participate in that joyous day when God will make the world new. We will all rise up with everyone we've known and loved and live like little children full of joy and wonder. That's the promise that God holds out to us. And the truth is, is that although we may be waiting for a new age, there is nothing to hold us back from trying to live like that here and now. That is our mission as the body of Christ, to live fully into God's invitation to love and care for one another. And so I think these God-sent moments that remind us of what it is that is on offer helps us to understand not only the fear that Jesus faced, but why he was willing to transcend that, empowered by the love that he bore for all of humanity, to go to the cross, to sacrifice himself, to die, trusting wholly in God's promise that surely the day is coming when the kingdom of God will be present all around us. Amen.